0: Life is hard when you don't know who you are. It's harder when you don't know what you are. My love carries a death sentence.
1: I was lost for years, searching while hiding, only to find that I belong to a world hidden from humans. I won't hide anymore. I will live the life I choose. You're listening to episode 40 of Fatalist, a podcast devoted to the Supernatural series Lost Girl. My name is Dave and sitting across the table, welcome Wayne.
0: Welcome, uh, welcome, Dave. It's a
1: cold, dark evening here in
0: uh, Maryland this night. Cold.
1: Okay, well, it's 70. (laughs) Dark and
0: dreary. Nasty. Just a couple months ago, we were whining about how cold it was. was, It was cold. That was really cold. Um, Now it's not cold. It's just stinky, miserable. Cold and hot. Yep. As as uh, Eddie Rabbit said, I love a rainy night. There you go. All
1: right. Well, we're back after a couple of weeks off, and we're going to talk tonight about one of the key characters, Mr. Fitzpatrick McCorgan, a.k.a. Trick. And then we're also going to take a peek at Doctor Who finale. Uh, I guess a lot of people are calling it Season 7B. Yeah, right.
0: that's that's the uh, kind of the. I don't know if that's. Well, a, that's like if you go on Amazon, that's what you know. That's how you identify it as being different from Seven A. Because if you want to get the DVDs right now, you have to buy each half a season separately. And I'm sure that they're going to release the whole thing around Christmas time, but whatever. Yeah, I got I got Seven B is all on the uh, on the DVR anyway, so I can wait. But yeah, my uh, my oldest son has gotten up through season 6 and now he's like stuck because you know he wants to watch season 7 but they're not replaying season 7 on BBC America and it's not on Netflix and I, you know what? I'm pretty sure it's not I haven't checked Dr you know I just you know, I don't really check doctor who I just assume that it's not out yet until the big DVD release, but I should check. And oh, see. and
1: you lost them all in the big. And I lost, I
0: had all of 7A, yep, yeah, but in the, uh, as my. The famous DVR as, crash of 2013. Exactly. Right. They will go down in an in infamy okay. in yeah. the, the, the household as, as this traumatic event that, uh, lost walking dead supernatural. Ah, just, I yeah, can right. go on and on, but why, why dwell on the past when we can. Well,
1: there's been some news in the lost girl world, uh, Apparently they started filming uh, a couple days ago, and usually, you know, if any if past history is accurate here, it'll probably take them another three or four months to uh, to film. And then, unfortunately, as we've said many times, we're not going to get to see it for a number of months. But the other news is there's a a new podcast in town that you know we'd been following, you know, through the. uh, docubus.com, you know, the, some of the, the members there had been talking about getting a podcast together. And one of them, I believe her name is Stephanie, finally got it off the ground, drinks at the Doll.
0: Sounds great, man. Have you listened yet? Uh, I haven't. I, you know, I subscribed and I got their, I guess their first two on my uh-huh. iTunes, but uh... Haven't haven't been able to listen to it yet. But yeah, that's uh, that's awesome. It's yeah. great that there's uh, some more conversation going on out there. Yeah, so you
1: can get like Wayne said on iTunes, and then I'll put a link to the website uh, if you're interested. And, and by all means, you know there uh, uh, one of the first two episodes looks at, and again, uh, there's so many cons these days. I forget which con it uh, it was, but they were recapping that, uh, and then they did a, a, an episode on what they were calling gateway episodes. So in other words, what episode of Lost Girl? really got you hooked or yeah. if you were going to try to turn somebody on to lost girl what episode would you show them initially so yeah by all means check them out it, it's uh you know really cool yeah. all right well listen um not much news but there is one item and uh you know we talked about this the other day well, po- it was like
0: the third item now
1: yeah it's the well the third item Um uh, but before we even get to that a uh, number of the genre shows just aired their season finales, and obviously we're going to talk about Doctor Who, Orphan Black. Um, wow! Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> wow. And they're they're coming back for season two. And, and you know, you and I have both talked. Uh, you know, we may have to discuss Orphan Black in some detail over the next couple weeks. Uh, Revolution had its finale and and again another yeah it was, yeah, it was good it was pre- good pretty wow revolution
0: came on strong at the end
1: yep and then uh, game of thrones of course had its uh penultimate episode and the season finale is coming up uh we're recording on friday night so in two days game of thrones will have its and obviously the biggest problem with season finales is we've got to wait so damn long to get to the next season
0: true that but there's Play to do. There's play if 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 you're looking for uh you know like summer homework or whatever then uh you know like there's a couple suggestions we could make for you obviously because uh, there's a lot of shows with a lot of good stuff. I am right now in in the midst of my uh, my fringe rewatch, and uh, you know that's that's it's a commitment. It's a commitment. But then after that, I, you know, I'm thinking maybe going for the classic Doctor Who rewatch or not uh-huh. rewatch. I haven't yeah. seen them in the first place, so it's just to go back. And it's actually, you know, well, I'll, I'll bring it up because when we talk about the, you know, the name of the Doctor is really kind of the inspiration for this harebrained idea of mine.
1: Okay. Well, I think the well, I was gonna say I think the key thing is just there's no point in trying to go in order because you know the whole idea. is, I think that's 106 missing episodes, and we can talk about you know how that. Yeah, be, but
0: Netflix like, has them. You know, before Netflix just had them bam, 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 here, there, everywhere, but now they have actually a classic Doctor Who, oh thing. Okay. So you, it's just you know they have them all under one kind of category, uh, whereas before you had to go searching here, there, and everywhere to find the classic Who's. So they have it all together, uh, and I I don't know how. I mean, it's 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 a lot of episodes. It's it's a ton, and I know I don't even know what they consider an episode because I know I think on Netflix what they consider an episode. Was like actually three different episodes. Cause I think they ran like half hour installments, right? Right. Back then, so it's like one episode, but it's like an hour and a half long because it's three different installments. or whatever. Right. So it would take them um, right um, like... three weeks to a month. Yeah, it's it's yep. gonna it'll, it's gonna take me a, a, a long ass time to to watch that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm 100 sold on whether it's gonna be worth it or not. Well, I think
1: you just need to check it out, you know, and that's what I want to try. check out each of the doctors for more than just one episode. Yeah. So, All right. But anyway, we're always on the lookout for new shows. This one's got me intrigued. So Channel 4, which is a British public service uh, station, apparently it's not affiliated with the BBC, but they're going to be airing a show called The Returned, which will be the station's first subtitled TV import in quite a number of years. And it is a eight part French series. And apparently they're uh, getting the second season underway as we speak. And it poses the fundamental supernatural question. What would happen if years after their deaths, our loved ones returned to us? Would we consider it a miracle or a curse? And, you know, this whole back from the dead premise certainly evokes the world of zombies, but that doesn't appear to be what it's going. You know, We're not going to have these, you know, foot shuffling, flesh uh, eating, you know, walking dead zombie land characters. A uh, story set in an isolated Alpine town dominated by an imposing mountain peak and a huge concrete dam, and it follows the fates of half a dozen or so revenants who return to their families years, and in some cases, decades after their deaths. Now, the deal is, though, they're exactly as they were when they uh, died. At least that's how it seems at first, focusing uh, the the pilot focuses on the episode uh, of a teenage girl and her return home four years after dying. And obviously some people see the returned as a gift, others a torment. And basically it looks like, you know, that, that whatever issues they had when they died are now going to have to be revisited. So pretty intriguing.
0: Yeah. It looks, you know, got possibilities all, you know, all, all the always kind of return from the dead type stuff is, you know, fascinating. Yeah. But so
1: like, I don't know what the availability
0: is going to be, but, um, you know, we'll keep an eye on that. All right. Well, and, and you know, with that, last night, um, BBC America had In the Flesh, uh, the first episode of In the Flesh on, which is a zombie time. And I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't watch it last, but I caught like the very beginning. And it, what it appears is that the, Zombies, they have like some kind of medicine to cure zombieism. Okay. So that, that, you know, they have like this, I guess the main character is like this teenager. And the very brief bit I saw was like this kid sitting with like a zombie support group with other <laughs> people who are there talking about, uh, you know, <laughs> their shame and the last person they ate and everything like that. I don't, I'm not sure if it was supposed to be, fu- it was you know kind of funny, but I'm not sure if it was really was supposed to be funny, but you know, so I'm going to, I think I'm going to let this, it's a three episode mini series. So I think I'm going to let all three record before I go and, and watch them and everything. Yeah. Like and just that. binge on them. But yeah, I mean, just the way you described it there, it almost evokes,
1: you know, sort of like things that we, we see in being human. I mean, it's not
0: totally serious, but then it gets totally serious. So Yeah. Maybe yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, being human did a great job of of kind of going back and forth on, on that. As far as uh, you know, the uh, the lightheartedness and the the very seriousness. I, I mean, honestly, Lost Girl too is does that quite a, well. I guess any show when you really think about, it, except for The Walking Dead, there's no lighthearted moments in The Walking Dead at all. But pretty much any other show is going to like temper mm-hmm. the stress with you know comic relief, right? Uh, I mean, Shakespeare knew that. Uh, you know, Euripides knew that, you know, everyone since who first put hammer to stone or pen to paper or paint to cave wall. I don't, knew rem- I don't remember
1: too many light moments in Medea, but uh, I'll take your word for well,
0: it. Well, there, there, there's this actually one scene. <laughs> She has a good zinger, yeah. You know, when Jason is trapped in the web or whatever. Oh no, wait, that's not Medea. That yeah. was uh, that was Agamemnon. My yeah. bad. So all right. Anyway,
1: so what our plan is over the next couple oh, she months? She killed her kids, right? She, yeah. She, yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. And all right, his, you're and, right. Her, and her husband's new wife. Yeah, and, yeah. But uh, all right. Anyway, so what our plan is over There's the like, next couple eat months?
0: This bitch <laughs> or something. Like that, I think isn't that? Yeah, but maybe it's just a translation I was reading. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Anyway, let's move on. Uh
1: what we want to do over the next couple months is take a look at one of the characters from Lost Girl and kind of trace not necessarily episode by episode but but trace, Hell no. trace well, their development over the first 3 seasons and and you know, I mean there's not I don't think we really are planning to look at somebody like Bo. I mean, you know, she is the central figure, but but like tonight we're going to take a look at Trick. And while he appears in, I hate to say every episode, because there's probably one or two maybe that he didn't, but you know he he often plays
0: a brief but pretty important. That's that's an excellent academic question you raise there. Is there an episode the trick wasn't in? Yeah, I, I I would I would tend to say no because the doll is like it's the every every right almost every episode right. they're they're in the doll right yeah. So. But
1: uh, so anyway, what we did was we broke Trick down, or rather, Wayne broke it down into these categories uh, that we see him at some points as a friendly neighborhood barman, at some points as a diplomat, uh, as I think at one point I was referring to him, him as uh, using his Google Faye, uh, but Trickopedia, uh I as think a mentor. That's the, the more common, yeah, I, yeah, I think known. that's yeah. Okay. Uh, Trick is blood king. Trick is hero. Trick is grandfather, and Trick is a sneaky little bastard. He, he can be a sneaky bastard. Yes. So uh, where do you want to start? Well, let's see. Um, well, why don't we start with the, the friendly neighborhood barman? Right, man, that's because
0: the, when we first see him, right. he's just a barman.
1: Right. And you know what I thought, um, and again, you're, it's like, well, yeah. Um, what's Bo's job when we're first introduced to her in the pilot?
0: Um, killing dudes who try to date rape Kenzie. Mm, yes, but what's her job? Oh, she's a waitress. She's no. A, no, she's a barber. She's, right. yeah, she's, she's a, a barber. Oh, right, she's a barber. Maybe something
1: in the family, huh? Right. Runs and, in the blood. Yeah. And uh, actually, that's one of the things that uh, they talk about on Drinks at the Doll, and the, that, that actually the pilot was vexed. Right. Right. We talked. I think we, we talked about that. that yeah. Really. But all right. So uh, then I think in. Uh, like I guess it's episode two. That, but the, that the pilot
0: re- is, is not necessarily episode one, right? I mean, the pilot is what you you show. It's like the the best that you have, something that, to hook the execs, get the suits to like your show, and, and that happens all the time. And being human, they they shot the pilot, and when they they actually filmed, they scrapped the whole cast of the pilot because they just threw together a cast for a pilot. You know, right. once the show got greenlighted. They uh, they chucked all the people who were in the pilot and and brought in, um, you know, new people. That's gotta suck. Yeah. Well, and Colm Meany, This this is a little known story, but Colm Meany, who was I can't remember his character on uh, Star Trek TNG. You, you've seen him before. He, he's an Irish actor. And he's got. He's in Hell on Wheels now, but you haven't seen that either. Okay, yeah. If you saw him, you would know him. But anyway, Cole Meany was in the Life on Mar- the American Life on Mars at first. He played the part that they actually chucked him uh, after the pilot and brought in Harvey Keitel. Oh, okay. And if they hadn't done that, it might not have lasted even the 18 episodes that, that it did. Okay. But, uh, all right. Well, so. so we see, you know, we're, we're
1: introduced to him and introduced to the doll as this safe haven for light and Dark Fay that they can come and drink, and I guess it's understood that they're not going to fight with each other, and kind of yeah. sets the
0: tone. But whenever anything comes up, like Trick's like, "All right, everybody, clear out of here!" Like, yeah, you know, we've mentioned more than a couple of times. Like, how can that be good for business? You know, every every time someone has a little issue, he's like, "All right, everyone, beat it!" Right, right. Uh, Dyson comes in in like, the one I, you episode. Know, don't you have like a night manager or something, Trick? Just someone you can like have run run this shop while you while you take the trouble outside, right? Instead of kicking out your customers, but he's a blood king, so you know, I'm, I mean, as as long as he's been around, I, we can assume he's kind of maybe you know squared away some pennies and uh, he's got a nice little fortune. So maybe he doesn't even care, right? And yeah, I
1: guess have we, I don't even know if we've talked. I mean, are there any other Fay bars? I mean, uh, that club that Vex, right, I mean, Vex, That's not Vex's re- club, but right. is that really Fay? I mean, I think that's. Yeah. Cause there were Human, humans there too. Yeah. So, uh, now he does host, you know, and this was one of the early episodes, the Lasha Shane party, right. Which is going great yeah.
0: until, 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 <laughs> yeah. It's all, all well and good till the Banshee starts screaming about someone's death.
1: Yeah. Now that's, that's the episode with the two brothers. Yeah. 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 Okay. um, and you know we've seen uh, oh we we see the episode where the, uh, the the guy poisons the barrels of beer and um, yeah
0: the crazy dude and then yeah. was it had he no he hadn't he hadn't gotten into Lauren's body at that point right right and and the barman has a a role in society that goes beyond just serving drinks right and and I- trick does that right he provides an ear to listen to kenzie comes in there all the time and hail everyone comes in there and they just dump on trick right probably every single character in the show at some point or another sat there crying in their beer and and talking the trick so he, he's good at letting people open up um he you know he provides shelter and sanctuary for people there he's got rooms there from all kinds of crazy times and everything so um you know, it really does have a, 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 you know, that kind of these, the ideal of ser- serving that kind of social purpose that the pub, kind of, I don't know if the pub, certainly in America, the pub doesn't quite serve that that, that social function that it does in like Europe, um, where it's kind of the center of of uh, um, a community um, where you know people just come there after work for a little bit to hang out and people you know and then go home and everything right and it's it's expected it's, right exactly and and that's not necessarily part of our culture here in the states um, you know Canada maybe a little bit more I you know I can't really answer for that but you know so so it's it's you know in in many ways uh, you know the Lost Girl has you know definitely that European feel to it. Um, you don't get a, I mean, we don't know where it is for sure. I mean, we right. know it's, it's in North America because everyone has North American accents and everything, right, right? but, uh, it, you know, it certainly is a, very, and there are places in Canada that are, are, are very European in, in, right. And I think different. one
1: time you could see her license and I, I think I read somewhere it's a, it's in Ontario, but, but, you know, yeah. again, they're, they're definitely purposely vague, um, you know, and when we first meet him, we're not sure what to make of him. I mean, obviously he is a small man, uh, a small uh, Fae. but uh, obviously as we go through the three seasons, he becomes larger and larger and we don't mean literally. Um, right. You know, right away in, in the uh, first episode, you know, we, we find out, and I believe this is after Bo goes through the little the, her little test and he tells the light and dark Fae leaders that you know somebody's kept Bo hidden. And they shouldn't be too hasty in deciding what to do with her. And, and, you know, right from that start, we see that, you know, we don't know how important he's going to become, but clearly he feels free to voice his opinion to the two leaders and they don't dismiss him.
0: Yeah. And, and that's what, what's unusual when we first see it is that, wait, this guy's just a bartender, but yet it seems like the leaders of the light and dark are in some ways beholden to him. Which maybe then takes us to the blood king, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. Because that's, that's the, you know, the paradox of his position is that on the one hand, he is just a bartender. And the, both the Morgan and the Ash at times, at different times, have been quick to remind him of that. But on the other hand, he's also the blood king which is obviously a significant position in the, in the fake community. I mean, he makes laws that are immutable. He writes laws in his own blood, and they cannot be changed. So that would seem to put him in a position of authority over both, you know, that would transcend any Ash or Morgan or anything. Um, and, and they still really haven't kind of adequately, you know, demonstrated, you know, exactly what his position is in, in the community.
1: Well and you know you mentioned the laws, and uh you know obviously they, they you know they they parcel out you know the the little tidbits about his importance because obviously we don't find out that he's the blood king i don't even think until uh episode one o
0: nine Fey Day I think is when we finally uh right uh find that out yeah but, because that's at, at the end when Dyson says you know to the blood king all oh, you sacrifice her, or something along those lines and right but you know w- you know we find out that uh you know that that obviously there has been this
1: big you know battle between the light and the dark and that that basically he wrote the laws in his blood that you know brought about the the peace that we currently enjoy such uh, such as it is um, and in fact, in in, in Fey Day, he's tempted to use his blood to save Bo. He is, yep.
0: Um, but you know, it, it, his little kit, man, like it's like 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 a like a heroin junkie's yeah. kit almost. You know, like he he pulls it out and he's looking at it, like oh, I know I shouldn't. And at that point, we don't know what it is, really, right? Yeah, well, I, you, you think he's a heroin junkie? Yeah. Like yeah. how's shooting up going to help out Bo, Trick? But yeah, you know, there is something to it. It's 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 not. I think the, the the comparison there is not inappropriate. You know, I think that that idea is something that is very tempting, but something you know that you got to stay away from.
1: Right. Well, what, what I liked the, you know, how they did season one, they, they had a series of episodes there at the end where we really saw a lot about tricks past revealed. And because in the very next episode, the uh, morning after, um, you know, that's, if you remember the, the magic eggs and the, the lightning the, bird, right, right. Right. Um, and that uh, you know we learn that trick, and I, I believe this is a direct quote from uh, the episode that trick could get whatever he wants if he just started writing in his book of blood again. And and you know it's like okay, Blood King writes in his book right, and and so they say there's the
0: temptation, right? Like he could I could get whatever I want. I just you know just draw a little blood, write a couple words down, which actually brings me. This is I was actually for some reason just thinking about this this, this morning. This morning I was con- pondering uh the, the the truth versus the fiction of twenty four hour party people which I've mentioned before okay. is like the start of factory records which I don't know if you've ever heard of factory records but you know it's like Joy Division you must have heard of right New Order. You know some of these big Manchester bands of the the eighties and uh or late seventies to early nineties came out of this independent label in Manchester called Factory Records. But Tony Wilson, the guy who started Factory Records, um the idea was artists uh, the the company doesn't own anything that the artists have. The artists keep their own publishing rights and all that, and they split the royalties 50-50. And he wrote that uh, meeting with the members of Joy Division in a pub in Manchester. He wrote that in his own blood on a piece of paper. Like he drew his blood, took a knife, and wrote uh, this what stands as the factory kind of mission statement and everything. So whatever – I think of Trick and the Blood King. I always think of uh, Tony Wilson, which is true story of uh, of him uh, writing out the Factory Record mission statement in his own blood. Okay.
1: Now you know, I mean, we're we're, obviously we got a lot uh, to talk about, and and part of the problem, you know. So I shouldn't
0: bring up Factory Records. Oh no, no,
1: no, no. What I was going to say, part (laughs) of the problem is I'm looking at 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 our notes, is that you know there's so much overlap. You know, things we've got you know, written under the Blood King heading really apply in the diplomat. So we're just going to, you know, it's really tough. And I think we should probably just, so in other words, just, just go for
0: it here. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Like, so let's not worry about any kind right. of organization. Right. So what I was going to say I think is if people have been sticking with us by this point, they know. They're,
1: <laughs> they're, they're used to it. All right. So, you know, I mean, we're finding out that, okay, here's this bartender who, we're finding out it's also the blood king who, if he writes in his book of blood, in his own blood, that it's going to come true. Um, and yet he appears to be subservient to the ash. And yet he's the blood king. And, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, What do we make of that?
0: Well, besides what we just talked about a couple of minutes ago, um,
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think that's one of the the, the I, intriguing I, things. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I, you're right; it's absolutely intriguing, and I think it's a little nugget that the writers can, you know, when the can go to and, and make like really a big conflict. Out. Like they haven't gone there yet because they're like, man, we could probably get like half a season out of this, like of, you know, maybe trick wanting to take over or trick goes crazy or trick gets affected by some kind of fay that he now is wants to become the ash or yeah you know, i mean there's all kinds of things they can do with it um or you know the, this certainly as you know this paradox of of him as the the blood king versus him as um a bartender subservient to the Morgan and the ash and all that stuff um, you know i i think it's just something that they're kind of sitting on yeah well i mean you know the the
1: I mean, we see Lachlan in uh, Truth or Consequences when, you know, mentions that Trick is the blood king, Lachlan says, I always suspected, and then he kneels and offers his services. Right, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, yet, he's certainly made little offhanded comments about, you know, the bartender and then and, and certainly uh, well-dressed Ash. I think we should refer to him as that, the first Ash. Yeah, Well, cool Ash. Right. What was that show? Well manicured man was that from X Files? I can't remember. That's how he was always described in the uh, the credits. But anyway, yeah, so, I'll take your word for that. Yeah, uh, you, you know, so it's you know again that's that's certainly an
0: intriguing aspect. Uh, well, and then you know when when Hale becomes the acting Ash, it's really we get a feeling it's at the behest of of Trick, and that he's kind of like Trick's puppet, and that Trick is like the actual power behind the throne there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but through all of this,
1: I think one of the things that strikes me the most is that how much temptation he's faced with on a constant basis. You know that uh, you know Lachlan tells him that that you know his blood could stop all of this, right? And that uh, you know then we get the scene in in one of the later episodes in season two, the one where uh, uh, Lachlan's got the severed heads. You're asking a lot of him, you know, in this war with the Garuda and the, you know, but he faces it all the
0: time. Yeah, and again, let's go back to that analogy of, you know, if you were once addicted to heroin, you're never not, right? If you were once an alcoholic, you're never not. You might stop doing heroin and you might stop drinking but that temptation is there with you constantly, and every day is a constant battle. It's very, very difficult struggle every day. So you know, again, it's a similar struggle with Trick every day. He's like, "Well, man, I really wish I didn't have to wait in line at the grocery store. Hold on, let me just write some." You know, he, he realizes that uh, he he can't go back. Basically, he really shouldn't use his power at all. Um, but certainly, if he does, only in the most dire of circumstances. Um, and so when he's faced with the possibility of, of Bo dying in Fade, um, facing down the Garuda, uh, he considers it and, you
1: know, yeah. um. Now, look, one of the things we find out after, you know, a lot of speculation is that trick is Bo's grandfather. And, you know, we start to, again, it's like, uh, okay. So we know Aoife is, Trick's daughter, which makes her Bo's mother, and we start. Uh, you know we, what we learn about him is that that his daughter. Uh, now, granted, she did lead a rebellion. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, there was that little. Uh, but she comes to him for protection, and what does he do?
0: Wait, he turned. She was. She was the 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 bargaining chip, right? Right. And and, and as I think, believe we talked about that. I mean, that's like the burden of leadership, right? I mean, if you're a leader, that. You know, sometimes you got to make the tough calls and you have to think you can't make, you can't always make the decision based on what you personally would want to do. Sometimes you have to do what is best for the bigger picture and which requires, you know, maybe some, maybe some tough, you know, personal decisions.
1: Yeah. And, you know, turning his daughter and as far as we know, his only child, I mean, we certainly haven't had any other inclinations that he has any other children. So he turns his only child over not only to be imprisoned, but... And I guess you could argue he didn't know
0: that they were going to torture her, but you know, she's certainly yeah. tortured. Yeah, and that's, that's we don't know a lot about that at all, but I think we're going to get some answers as far as what actually happened back then because I think Gifa is going to be um, a, a big part of the show coming up.
1: Yeah. Now, you know, it, it maybe a little more lighthearted, uh, fainted love when she's going to get married, uh, Bo, that is, to Ryan Lambert. And if you recall, Trick and uh, I guess it's Kenzie, they, they come in at the end. And, you know, basically at, at the end, she's like, she tells him, when I ask you the questions I have, I'm going to want some answers. And he tells her that the message is received loud and clear. And, and you know, he can only
0: hold off for so long right I, I, I mean obviously now that Bo has met her father right. and Aoife is back in play as well right now all of this is leading up to that yeah I, I, I think clearly that's going to be a huge 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 part of of season four yeah. all right now Trix
1: had a wife and you know she obviously you know w- was pretty important to everything that happened and uh, you know in fact that's what the Garuda uses you know, in his, you know, attempt to bring trick and the light fade down and, uh, tells him, uh, in, I guess it w- was flesh and blood, the season finale. Yeah. Uh, 222, the season finale starts thinking that maybe he should rewrite the laws. Uh, you know, and then we find out that his wife, uh, went against his wishes and formed an alliance with, you know, someone else. So, you know, there's all of this, you know, this intrigue, this, uh, um, you know deceit and and you know we're not again we're not sure what to make of you know
0: what's happened to him to put and put him in this position like i'm saying that let's say they really the uh the production team has really kind of not gone there except for in bits and pieces to you know kind of tantalize us and and have these questions out there give us all kinds of stuff to talk about and uh in the virtual world and everything but ultimately, you know, I think by season four, it's it's time, and, and let's let's hear, let's get some answers here, people. All right now, Tricopedia, you know, in many
1: episodes, his role is basically to dole out information, background information. You know, in the second episode of the first season, he you know lets us know about the light and dark being on the verge of war for a thousand years. Uh, he points Bo in the right direction during Vexed. Uh, Explains a little bit about Dyson, you know, and that, that whole thing about a wolf, you know, staying loyal
0: until the king dies. Just basically, whenever they want to know something, right? They go to the doll, they say, Hey, Trick, do you know? And he's like, Yeah, here. And he pulls out some huge book, he opens up and points to what they need to know. And then, right. So that's helps him solve the case. So it's it's nice to have that around, right? Especially since the Fey really don't seem to use computers at all.
1: Right. And and even going back to, to Vexed where, you know, he's still a bad guy and that uh gives her the uh the Syracon to
0: you know to yep. to defeat Vex. And of course now Vex is a good guy. Yeah, right. Here's the the, guess. the thing you actually need to to defeat the guy is right here. I could've used this probably ages ago, but ah, you know it's Right, well, time, kid.
1: well, a, a lot of what he does is, I guess, point Bo in the right direction. Um, you know, he lets her know early on that both her parents were Faye uh, and explains to her about that, you know, if both parents are Fay, well, then, then we, you're going to have power.
0: Well, uh, do we learn it from him? I, th- I thought we learned that like in episode season one, episode two, because the remember the the guy is Chasing around his dad's who's the will of the wisp. Oh, right, right, right. But right. he doesn't have fey powers because his mother was a human. Right. And I think that's, that's where we learned that. And we put In order to two be together. an actual fey, you need uh, two fey parents.
1: You know, certainly he's heroic. Dealings with the Garuda, you know, the, uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the church of the, uh, you know, the, the guy, that's the con man that's got the church, yeah. you know, and the water fey, uh, what was that? The, oh, the addonct.
0: The one thing I want to say is that you know, like I, I think the very first time I watched this, I didn't really feel like this. But when we started this podcast, we went back and started rewatching, um, rewatching those early season one episodes. I'm like, you know what, Trick is—he's kind of an asshole. You know, he's like this grumpy old guy. It seems like he's willing to sacrifice Bo completely. And so, you know, it really didn't like him for those first couple episodes. Now, obviously, you know, you like him now. I mean, he's done so much. He, and he really is, uh, you know, altruistic and, and self-sacrificing. You know, he he does that all the time. Um, which, I guess, is part of being Blood King. So, you know, he's uh, you know, a great great character. So I don't think we know who we're going to do next, do we? Which Faye character? No. I mean, I was... I mean I was actually kind of thinking Lauren maybe. No, sounds good. All right, there it is. So, we're going to put that in
1: we're going to write that in Wayne's blood <laughs> Lauren next episode. All right. Yeah, that sounds good. That's a that's a great choice. Thank you. So, all right. Well, something that we've been just longing to do for quite a while and that is the series 7 <laughs> Doctor mm-hmm. Who finale, the name of the doctor written by mm-hmm. showrunner Stephen, Stephen Moffat. and uh
0: any initial thoughts yeah it was it was good uh by and large, kind of disappointed in season seven b um and we were talking about this today, I think one of the main problems is the expectations get raised. So much, I think with probably maybe Doctor Who, maybe more than any other show, because you have to wait for so long. And we get so little. You know, we get like six episodes and then we're waiting like another year and then another six episodes and then another. And it's like, what? Really? Like, come on. Like, BBC, get get it together. You know? Um, And so by the time the episodes come around, you're like, Oh, they're gonna be incredible. they're gonna be amazing. They're gonna be the greatest things ever and And when they're not, the disappointment is like kind of more so than if I you know saw like a, an episode of The Walking Dead or some other show that that has more regular intervals between their shows than we see more of. I'm think, well, I didn't quite like that episode, but there's another one coming next week, and there's another five or six down the line uh, and so. I'm not going to get get too spent about, but you see one bad episode of Doctor Who. And it's like we've only got six, yeah. and one of them was crap, right? You know, and you're just like, ah, you know, this is the end of the world. It's terrible, terrible, terrible. So, um, so I, you know, I think part of the show's success and is is in a way plaguing it as well, as far as they have a lot to live up to. Yeah. Um. So, not a big fan of Seven B for sure. Um. The Rings of Akaten, as I told you before today, I think is quite possibly the worst Doctor Who episode I've seen. And you're not the only one that thinks that. And just Period.
1: for some listeners that maybe, you know, you heard Wayne just refer to it as season 7B because, of their, you know, there was that big gap. And I don't think this is the only show that does that. Uh, the the first, uh, was it five episodes they ran? I think it was just five. Yeah, and then the Christmas, so that's considered, I guess, 7A. And then I guess they do that in part because they can release two different
0: dvd sets well they can release two different dvd sets and then the then the combined dvd set right so people and the like, hardcore going to have to have all
1: three yeah
0: well and actually right now the 7a is like 11 bucks on amazon so okay. i think i'm going to go for it and just get it so sh- so sean can go and he can watch uh 7a and get all caught up and everything um but you gotta get caught up before november 23rd by this point for yeah, sure
1: yeah yes know, sir like, um now there's also and i i I think it's Slice of Sci-Fi, which is a great website um, and and number of podcasts. They were running a poll asking listeners to basically give Season Seven B a grade, and I think we talked earlier today, and and
0: I gave it a B. Yeah, I, I gave it a, a solid. I was you know B B minus, but I, I I went more towards a B. Yeah, but most of the listeners gave it a C. Yeah, and and I think it's a bit harsh. Yeah, but understandable. So. If You know, if you are looking at in the continuum of of other Doctor Who episodes, I can see that as justification, but if you look at it as respect to, compared to all other television shows, then that's ludicrous, because it's still heads and and shoulders above pretty much almost everything else. Not everything else, but Mm -hmm. a lot. Like, it's definitely in the top, in that case, you know, I'd say it's in the 90%, you know, percentile of, of all television shows as far as a quality TV show.
1: For this episode, the rewatch just made so many things so much clearer that, and and a lot of times, I mean, I always try to watch Dr. Who live. And since it's Saturday night, I'm, you know, usually able to do that, but, and and it is at eight. So it's not that I think I'm falling asleep because I'm awake for Orphan Black right after it, but
0: you just, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of stuff in Dr. Who that, Especially the timey wimey wibbly wobbly stuff that he starts explaining stuff, and they explain it very quickly, and you're like, "Wait, what?" You know, and you're like, a lot of times after I watch an episode of Doctor Who, I'm like, "How the hell did that happen?" Wait, how did that? What did he? You know, and then you go back and rewatch, and you're like, okay, and see that's why I know. See, here's the the definite proof that this season's been a disappointment because before I would watch a season, an episode of Doctor Who, and sometimes watch it again. Afterwards, they probably watch it another one or two times during the week. So, you know, I would watch it maybe two, three times mm-hmm. during the week. I'd watch a single episode of Doctor Who, and I really haven't done that with seven. Now, I was doing that with seven A, yeah, seven B, not so much. Yeah, you know, I, I can maybe uh, the first one I think I watched twice, uh, I think I watched Cold War twice, and, and really that's it, you know. Uh, part of it is because, I and mean, with Orphan Black right on afterwards right. couldn't watch it right afterwards right. Uh, but part of it's just like uh, yeah, i don't know it's just I, i'm not i don't feel like real strong compulsion to go back whereas you know before i would be like oh man i just you know like i gotta watch that again i gotta you know check it out. so yeah no
1: understandable um you know now the, the name of the episode's the name of the doctor but i mean from where i sit it's really about clara more than the Doctor. I mean, it is about the Doctor, but it's really about her. Well, it starts off with her, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, right away, the opening scene establishes the fact that Clara's been saving the Doctor ever since the first incarnation with William Hartnell as the Doctor, and it was pretty cool how they, you know, computer-generated... Yeah,
0: it was... I mean, it was definitely awkward, Yeah. but uh, it was was still cool. I I loved it. And if... And I I know the the classic Who fans were really... Because I I listened to the the Doctor Who podcast, and Mm -hmm. those guys... Are big fans of the classic Who right. episodes. They and which I'm not. That I'm not a fan. I just haven't seen them. But I still was pretty. I, I knew that was William Hartnell. I knew his original doctor. I was like, oh, that's that's really cool how they did that. And then there were scenes with like uh, Patrick Troughton and Well, with all of them, with all. Yeah, of but them. we saw, you know, most of them actual scenes cut from old Doctor yep. Who episodes. But some of them, like uh, the Christopher Eccleston, you just see like a leather jacket oh, right. running by her. Right. Um, you don't really get uh, any of the Christopher Eccleston scenes, which was a shame. But yeah. yeah, and
1: and she says the line, "I was born to save the Doctor." And then the other interesting thing I don't know if you notice is the the you know the theme music really w- went kind of back to oh, the yeah, original yeah. season yeah, definitely
0: yeah, yeah flavor, which was yep. very cool. I yeah. mean, it was um, yeah, they definitely went with that old like kind of like dun 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 dun. You know, like which has always been there as an underlying theme. But when Russell T. Davies took over, he like jazzed it up quite a bit. And and then he, Stephen Moffat, he took over even more so, I think. And then this year, like you said, they definitely stripped it back to yeah, like the yeah. back to the 1963 theme, theme song. Yep. So
1: all right. So anyway, we cut to London 1893. And I don't know about you, but man, I am in love with Astrid, Jenny, and Strax. I mean they, Astra?
0: Uh right. They are be, yeah becoming well the, the, there's there's rumors that there they're, they're going to be a spin-off. Really? With those three. Oh. Yeah. That's you know I I nothing obviously nothing solid but I have heard uh rumors that the uh, is trying to having them on some cuz this is the third time this in season 7. Yeah. Actually actually in 7B of what there's like what seven episodes, right? Yep. eight episodes something like that and they've been in three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, they're 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 awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And now my question is this, like because I know we saw them I remember you know the first time in the new doctor was in when a good man goes to war because he goes and collects them, right? He right. he's calling in old debts and he he's there's something with Vastra and and uh with Jenny Vastra Jenny and- Strax Strax, right? good you can edit out some of that yeah, pause in right there right. by the way uh, uh, so you know he, so he collects them and then they help him and the whole time during that episode I'm like who the hell are they yeah you know i mean i know she's a silurian and, and he's a Suntaran, right? you know but and i just assumed it was one of those classic who things that maybe this is something from the the pre some previous incarnation and they're reprising old characters from the classic who uh but then talking to people who are fans of the classic who they don't know where they came from either and everything right. so uh i think they just popped up but they're they're awesome you're right and and so they they get together they have to have a conference
1: call and i love you know strax how he calls in you
0: right know, yeah,
1: you hit, hit me with hit with the over shovel. the head but yeah. you're right it hit me with the shovel right um uh, and then we cut to uh Clara Oswald, who, you know, seems to be in modern times, but she's, you know, given this old-looking letter that's addressed to her, instructs her to light the enclosed candle, which is going to release a soporific that's going to induce a trance
0: state. But just in case you don't light the candle, we've already soaked the envelope the, or, the, or the letter. and That's classic Stephen Moffat yeah. right there. Because she, as she's reading, it, she throws away the candle like, oh, I'm not going right. to do that. And then, uh, and then it says, well, in case you don't know, then- I don't know really what punctuated that scene was the appearance at the table of river song.
1: Yeah. And seems a bit perturbed when, you know, Clara, uh,
0: says, I never realized you were a woman. You right. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just the the whole thing where they say this is, well, well cause she doesn't know Clara. She, she's surprised that Clara a companion. Right. Yeah. And like river isn't surprised by anything about the doctor cause yeah. she knows everything about him, Right. But she's surprised about Clara. Yeah. Like she's like, kind of like, like really, um, you know so yeah. and then, and then definitely when you know well, you know every any time the x meets you know or the current or, the current right, yeah. there's always gonna be some friction there, um, you know, the best one was uh you know sarah jane and and Rosemary. oh, yeah, that was hilarious, you know, i mean that was that was fantastic, but and this was nearly as good, not quite as good, but you know nearly there as far Is as that school reunion, yeah, or? yeah, uh-huh. yeah,
1: all right, um. So so we've got the uh, the whole gang together,
0: and you know they're uh... there's a great line there where like um you know they, they said something like, well they, they you know he says he knows the doctor's secret and and Clara goes, which is, and Jenny goes, we don't know it's a secret right. <laughs> you know, like that and like jay's she's she's great too but you know it's funny because you know Doctor Who has snuck a lesbian relationship right under our noses there yes. you know it's like like. It's almost like you might not even catch it. I mean, this one was definitely more overt than it has been before. But, you know, these two are involved romantically. Sure. You know? And at first, it seemed they were just like partners and, you know, solving crimes and everything. But, you know, they are involved romantically. And, and that's, you know, that's great that uh, a show as mainstream as Doctor Who is, is taking on something like that.
1: Yeah. Know? Yeah. All right. Well, Clar starts to have visions. Okay, of previous meetings with the doctor, and you know, one of the first questions, you know, you start to think because obviously, we're, you know, you already mentioned the timey wimey. I mean, obviously, you know, they start talking about time travel and start thinking like, is Clara River? You know,
0: the and and you yeah. know, well, 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 of course, there's you know, been some there. There were some crazy ass you know theories about what yeah. Clara was. There are people like saying she was a TARDIS, R- yeah, right? Like, okay. The doctor's wife made pretty clear that, you know, like a TARDIS can't stay inside a human body for long, you know, and there was that she was another time lord, that she's another incarnation of the doctor, and there's just some, you know, but that just shows you how, like, clueless everyone, you know, everyone was as as far as like what her real nature was. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right, so she, you know,
1: again, she, you know, it, it repeats in this episode about, you know, her needing to save the doctor and she's trying to figure out. Uh, and, and, you know, something comes up about the Dalek asylum and, right. you know, as they're talking about that, um, you know, the whole idea of the timeline being rewritten, uh, right, because in, uh,
0: journey to the center of the TARDIS, he basically laid it out for, her, you know, because he knew that he was resetting everything and that she wouldn't remember any of this because it wouldn't have happened. So, you know, he said basically you're impossible. You I I you died in the the asylum of the Daleks. Right. You died in in London and everything and um you know, so he basically laid out for her everything what what he knows as far about her and then, you know, hit literally hit the reset button, which was funny because he actually had a button that he pushed right. as a reset button. And so when she starts remembering it, he's like, you're not supposed to re- – how do you know that? You're not supposed to have remembered that, right? But she's remembering the things from, from the reset that he told her, the Asylum of the Daleks. And the Asylum of the Daleks is really the thing that, that brings it all back to her. Right.
1: Well, we also see a little bit of, I guess, back to the future time travel theory when, uh, you know, Jenny
0: disappears. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, it was definitely straight up back to the future. Right. Wait, I thought you said you didn't see that movie. No, I've seen it. Okay, yeah. because like you didn't know. I the just line. I didn't like it. You didn't know the line. Well, okay. I haven't from, seen it in from a long the, time. the the, the uh, Kenzie's last line in Lost Girl. Yeah, um, so.
1: and then Strax, his past starts to change, right? And right. Then, then he, you know, sees her as an enemy, and yeah, wants to kill Astra, yeah. and then he disappears.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so you know, so now Clara figures that she's got to go. You know, into the light. Uh, you know, that uh, I don't even know how else to describe it, you know, in the center of the TARDIS there, chamber of energy, I don't know, even know what to call it. Um, but she's already done it and's fated to do it again. River tells her not to do it because if she does, it's going to tear her into a million pieces. And we, you know, we find out that, you know, all of these pieces are really just going to be copies of her. Right. Yep. And then, I guess so we're led to believe that every time we see her it's just right, which one of the explains copies. why,
0: like when we saw her in Simon the, the Daleks, she didn't know the doctor, When we saw her in the snowmen, that she didn't know the doctor, but felt this compulsion to right. to help him right or, some or, sort of connection um you know that which the, is funny that you know, out of all the you know what, th- almost over a thousand years of life of the doctor um the only two times where he actually meets Clara are in the same incarnation, you know. So, it's. Mm-hmm. well, the other
1: thing I liked is a lot of things that we've heard or speculated sort of came together here. Um, you know, River, all, you know, says that you know they're going to be like echoes; they won't be you. They'll just be copies, but they'll be real enough to save the Doctor. And then, just as she runs into the, you know, the light, she tells him, you know, that line that we've heard several times: "Run, you clever boy." And remember me. Right.
0: Um, Which is, you know, that that really funny scene in, um, oh, crap, what's the, oh, uh, The Bells of St. John, um, where, you know, she calls the TARDIS, because that's tech support, right? Right. (laughs) Right. She can't get the internet, and that's how he realizes who it is on the other end of the line and and everything, how this whole business got started. Well,
1: we find out in this episode, you mentioned the TARDIS, that it was Clara that tells the William Hartnell doctor,
0: which TARDIS to steal. Yeah. Which is It was awesome how they worked that because when they first show her, uh, William Hartnell is stealing the TARDIS and she's like, wait, you're making a big mistake. So we just assume there's a Clara preventing the doctor from ever stealing the TARDIS in the first place. Right. And none of this is going to happen. Right. And then when it gets later, she's like, you know, you're making a big mistake. Take this one. <laughs> you know, and everything. So it was, yeah, that was, that was, that was awesome. That yeah. was really cool how they did that. You gotta yeah. love that. Uh, why don't we back up a second, because we hear about Transalore.
1: right? Which is his tomb.
0: Yeah, right. and which was the the warning at the end of season six, right? The last episode, who uh, was that? Dam- Damien? I can't remember the name of the, the blue guy, the big blue guy. Said, you know, on the 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 doctor's name will it will be revealed on the the the, la- oh, the last question will be revealed on the the plains of Transalore. right? Right, and and he's like, "What's the question?" Doctor Who is the question. Right. So, so we
1: we this guy uh, Clarence DeMarco, I think is his name. Uh, so he offers the space time coordinates in return for sparing his life, and he says, "You know, included in all this is going to be you know, the location of the Doctor's greatest secret." And and you already mentioned, you know, that uh, well, it's a secret, of course, we don't know, but uh,
0: that that I just yeah. I, mean, I just love how Jane delivered that line. She's just yeah. like... We don't know. It's and, a secret. And there <laughs>
1: and there were a lot of, like, uh, a lot of rhyming lines, uh, you know, in this episode. His friends are lost forevermore unless he goes to
0: Transalore. Right, right, yeah, yeah that the crazy guy was just, had, yeah. he rhymed, you know, he, everything he said was in couplets. Um, you know, and River says that the
1: doctor can't go to Transalore. And, you know, we don't know initially why,
0: but, you know, I guess you... Well, and you see, when when Clara tells him Transalora, you see his reaction, right? He 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 almost starts to cry. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. Yeah,
1: really. I mean, we've never really seen him that emo. In yeah. fact, we we never see him that emotional. I and I hate to say never, but I can't remember one where we really see him kiss somebody. Like he means it, you know, the way with the the scene with River.
0: Yeah. You well. Know? With River before, probably I guess when yeah. they got married, maybe. But you know, the only time I think seeing anyone near that emotional is when with Vincent van Gogh. Oh right. You know, oh, think. good point. Which is not you know. to mention the audience getting emotional. Oh my God, I can't even sit through that episode. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, they, they bring up that uh, when you're a time traveler, there's one place you must never go, and and you know, obviously you're where you're buried. Yeah, where you're buried is
0: probably pretty bad place to go especially when it has your whole time continuum burning in the middle of your grave that's probably even and you definitely should not jump inside that as well but just see you know like all these things all these like rules that they have in the show like you know how he can't cross his own time stream and everything yeah. but he can apparently just jump right into his entire time stream and that the universe still seems to you know well you know and that's
1: a, the interesting thing about time travel and, and you, we've had this conversation uh, you know you and I and 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 you know along with uh, Michael that you know shows that deal with time travel at some point have to set down the rules you know right. and that that uh, you know and, and whether it's the uh, back to the future uh, you know the you know the whole grand Grandfather, grandmother, paradox, and that uh, you know that sort of thing, or whether you know what happened happened, you know the causal loop thing, you know, and, and it almost seems like
0: Doctor Who just it's like we don't care. No, yeah, clearly they don't, don't care. Right. <laughs> We're not. We 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 might mention rules, but then we'll just break them, and right. we'll come up with some explanations to why it's okay.
1: And that may be because it, at its heart, I guess, has always been a show aimed at kids and it's just you know i guess the the greatness of the show that it appeals to adults as well and that obviously you know we get something out of it that the kids probably don't but
0: you know we can you know we'll we'll overlook that yeah well that, that's the thing i mean that's that's the willing suspension disbelief right yeah. you just like you're willing to say okay I, i'm gonna let it go because it's a great story and um so, I'm not going to sit here and, and nitpick and, and, and bitch about how, you know, though obviously we are kind of a little bit, but still, <laughs> that to say, you know, all right, whatever, it's okay, get on with the story. And, and as long as the, the story's good, Fine, make it somewhat consistent. Give me some kind of explanation. Don't just pull this crap and just say, Ha, ah, see, we just did it because we felt like we could do it, whatever. You know, and I think that's what we're gonna get in the next episode. There's gonna be a lot of this. I mean, I think this this episode is not really a season ender per se, as much as it is a setup for the big 50th anniversary. Um, episode and then the really big Christmas episode, which is Matt Smith's last one. Yeah, yeah. so you know, I mean, we got two massive episodes coming, up, like the two of the biggest of certainly of, of the Stephen Moffat era uh, coming up right now, and and I think this is really just a setup for those those two. He better come up big. Uh, he's, he, I mean, I think. He, I, I, well anyway yeah um, <laughs> well, i't uh, uh, sherlock i don't think there's any uh, anything getting timetable his way to... at all for Sherlock for right now, so I right. think he's got guys plate clear okay. and uh he's going to come up with some really uh kick ass uh episodes here i mean certainly the, the, the John Hurt's being introduced as a doctor at the end was, was wild, and, and I totally didn't see that coming. I knew, I mean, you had said on here how John Hurt yeah. was going to be in the 50th anniversary. I just assumed it would be like a cameo, a minor character, but right. obviously, fairly major part for John Hurt as he's going to be playing the doctor in the 50th anniversary episode. Yeah, um, and beyond that, we don't know. But uh, right. you know, even before that, Doctor Simeon. Oh, I hate that guy.
1: Or is it, it's not really him. It's, well, yeah, the, it's the great, the great intelligence, intelligence. Right, right, But, but still,
0: like that, that act, I don't know. I, I think he's very popular in England. Yeah. But that guy's fantastic, man. What a great baddie. Like him and John Sims together, uh, probably the two best baddies I've seen in, in the, the this newer incarnation of Doctor Who. Right.
1: But, you know, his first appearance in this episode, though, you know, when he's recounting all of the races. You know that the doctor has wiped out, and the names by which the doctor goes storm the beast you know and and some other names that
0: you know you start to think that gosh, you know he's right well and and that's that's kind of a theme that yeah. um the in the Matt Smith era, you know really we didn't see this with Eccleston or or with Tennant, but when Stephen Moffat took over, he's really been coming back to this theme as the doctor as you know, as as purveyor of genocide. Yeah. You know, a person who was killed off entire, and we just we saw him do it yeah. in uh the uh with the uh the the two like two, three episodes ago with the, the um Cybermen. Yeah. Uh I can't remember the name of it, but you know, you know, he killed off the entire planet of Cybermen. Right. You know, and he just he and not that he does that lightheartedly, um and he always apparently does it in with you know with the greater good in mind, but you know, there's no. But he Daleks. still does it. He still does it. You right. know, Daleks. He's killed. He killed off his own people, right? Right. Now, what's with the guys with no faces? Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. They're creepy.
1: Yeah, they were definitely super creepy. You know, so basically, he wants to rewrite the Doctor's history, as he says, turning every one of his victories into defeats, and uh, revenge, even if it means his own death. So you know, Simeon goes into the light and the doctor's being rewritten
0: and, and the special effects were pretty cool, you know, in this especially. How, in that how sociopathic scene. do you have to be that in order to gain like your revenge, like the whole universe is going right, to right, right. die. The universe without the that. doctor, there will be consequences. <sighs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, it's like, man, you, you really don't care about other people when you, you go to that extreme there. Uh let's see. Or other things, beings, creatures. Well,
1: we get to the uh culminating scene, I guess, you know, and uh I'm the impossible girl and my story is done. Where's Clara when she wakes up? I'm not I'm still not sure
0: about that. Oh yeah, no, well, I mean, somewhere in in the time stream, but and and, well this is is this the secret? Okay. This is the thing he's been trying to keep, right? John Hurt's existence is 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 what he has seemingly? Is that the secret? Yeah, yeah, right. Is that and it's it's you know someone he said who you know broke the promise. Yeah, you know, like you know. So what's the promise? How did he break it? Who is this guy? He's the doctor. Wait, which doctor? You know, is is he the doc- there, you know? There's a uh, talk out there that he is some kind of incarnation that came between. You know, right before Christopher Eccleston, right, that has been ignored or anything like that. Right. Now, are they going to go there? Do we have to now renumber 8.5? <laughs> you know, right. Yeah, like 9, 10, 11. Are they now 10, 11, 12? You know, whatever. Right. Um, so there's, I mean, but obviously, right now we have absolutely right. no clue, and we're not going to get anything from Moffat. And uh, but it's it's you know very tantalizing. You
1: know? Well, when especially
0: the moving scene there, you know, in that a uh,
1: final episode, uh final scene where he, you know, he says, how many times have you saved me? Just this once let me save you, you know? And that's when we first see that, that, you know, figure shrouded in in darkness and he says, he's me. And then Clara says, yeah, but I've seen all the doctors and I don't recognize, Right. you know, Right. Well, I, because I, this guy is, I said he was me. I didn't say he was a doctor, you know? And uh he's the one that broke the promises. He is my secret, right? so now, what are the promises that's like yeah. you said? I guess that's what we'll find out in the well
0: and and he said, you know what I did, I did without choice in the name of peace and sanity, right so but not in the name of the doctor right so it's I mean it is freaking crazy, man. like I saw that, and I was just like, what right. yeah, right. like, and and I think the 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 other thing is
1: that I don't think any true whovian is buying into john hurt as the next doctor on any kind of uh, no, an extended basis no
0: i, I, I mean nah, I, don't I, so. yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think so yeah for a lot of reasons
1: and and there's a lot of rumors flying around and and i think my favorite one is that the next doctor is going to be a woman and there, i guess there's no reason not to and it, it you know um, right, well,
0: And its I believe it was this way when Matt Smith took over as well, like the two main ones are, well, it's going to be someone who's not white, or it's going to be a woman, right? And those are the two things. And so are they, is the BBC, are, are the showrunners of Dr. Who going to take that step and, and do that, which would be very progressive of them to do? The question is, I mean, as we know, television, especially television studios, especially big television studios like the BBC, are at their heart very conservative. Yeah. And if you got a good thing going, you're not going to mess with it. So I'm not saying I want to be a white male once again. I'm just saying that if that's the way they go, you kind of got to understand that the basic of it is to make money. And if you mess with something, you tinker with it too much, and do something like that, you're, you know you're taking a risk. You know, what yeah, what if people really react? What if people stop watching? What if you kill the series? So you know, it's it's obviously a decision that they're not going to take lightly. But if they did it, it would be you know pretty freaking cool. Yeah, you know that'd be that would be great. I, I think most people would be in support of it. Most people would be excited by it. But you can understand why you know again, like television studios are by their nature conservative, and and why they might not be willing to take that step. Yep. So uh all right anything else you want to throw in there about Dr. Who? No well the one thing we didn't mention which I think is just the funniest thing about how Strax just cannot recognize human genders. You know like even when the uh, all the 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 great intelligence guys show up he's like get behind me boys. Oh right. <laughs> yeah. You know um I think when the when the, the little kid comes to deliver the telegram he's like what is it girl? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's they're they're hilarious. I mean yeah. like he is he's hilarious. Yeah. Vasher and Jenny are not they're not funny, but they're they're great characters. Um and and Strax is a, a, a riot and if they got their own I don't know if they can carry uh a a, a series on their own, but I would be there with them if if they gave them a spin-off. Yeah. Cuz I think that'd be great. And and the other doctor spin-offs were good. Sarah Jane Adventures was good. Yeah. Torchwood was fantastic. Yeah. You know, so yeah, you know, why not? Why not give him a chance? Yep. So, so, all
1: right. Well, I guess what we'll do next time is we're going to talk about Lauren in some depth. And, uh, you know, certainly if you have anything you, any comments about Lauren, anything you want us to talk about related to Lauren, uh, you can drop us a line at fatalist at gmail.com, uh, websites, fatalist, dot and you can leave us a voicemail there green tab on the right side of the page, uh, limits you to a minute and a half. You can obviously send more than one, but you know, I mean, I think most people know how to record an MP3 on their laptops these days and you can, uh, you know, send us that, uh, we're on Facebook where Wayne's been, you know, updating from time to time, yeah, mostly with music videos much, yeah. that have some kind of connection to lost girl And like most of the listeners are likely doing access us through iTunes. So until next time. I got nothing.